I want to start with a story. I used to share random articles featuring some affront or another by Israel on Facebook. A Jewish high school friend would get angry and suggest that I shouldn't have shared the articles. Because I had not fully thought through why I was sharing them, I tended to react negatively. Ideally, I would have suggested that he help by adding better context that explained how the story was incomplete, at least more gently than I did. At some point, I stopped to ask myself why I shared the articles I did. I had to admit that it was simply because they had crossed my path and sharing was my way of saying, I don't like this. So I stopped sharing articles about that conflict or generally commenting on it or others outside the U.S. That's the story. Totally compelling, I know. I wanted to share it to explain how October 7th has crystallized my thinking on Israel and Palestine. Although I have not talked much about the conflict, I wanted to look at the way many people on the left have approached that day and the subsequent war and offer a view that more holistically considers the implications and trade-offs they miss. In his essay, The Day the Delusions Died, Constantin Kissin wrote, When Hamas terrorists crossed over the border with Israel and murdered 1,400 innocent people, they destroyed families and entire communities. They also shattered long-held delusions here in the West. A friend of mine joked that she woke up on October 7th as a liberal and went to bed that evening as a 65-year-old conservative. But it wasn't really a joke, and she wasn't the only one. My current schedule is unusual. I often find myself taking a break with a snack and coffee at 8 a.m. before continuing my day. On October 7th, I opened X, formerly Twitter, to see graphic, unbelievable videos of events that had occurred just a few hours before and reports of events still ongoing. So my perspective isn't just based on the opinions of people on the internet and news reports. There are a few themes running through the commentary on Israel from the left. While there are many examples to choose from, for the purpose of this video, I'm mostly using Brianna Joy Gray of The Hills Rising and Crystal Ball of Breaking Points as my examples. The way I detail each theme will offer obvious clues to the direction of my thinking. If I were to nutshell the solutions of the left on this topic, it would be for Israel not to have come into existence 75 years ago. Focusing first on October 7th, people on the left seem to bring up details from contested accounts of events to minimize the horror of the day. There was an internet report of 40 beheaded babies in the immediate aftermath of October 7th. The story was debunked. There was no specific incident, but rather numerous reports of murdered children. When they say things like, I have no interest in diminishing the horror of October 7th for the innocent people who were attacked in, in a contradiction of uh, a violation of, of international law. But I, I don't, like, I, I don't, I, I just don't Look, get it. Robbie, we're sitting here in front of the computer right now. How about you pull up the confirmation that there was, there were 40 
beheaded Israeli children that were found at that location that was reported by what was it matter. No, it matters to you because you're trying to minimize the cruelty and the violence that Hamas perpetrated. No. They don't think 15,000 people died? No, because they're not equivalent. They're the scale and the, the, they're not equivalent because That's what we're discussing, is the scale of it being it's, altered it's by not, social media. No, that is the... No, because at the end of the day, no one's quibbling with the fact that 1,000, approximately 1,000 Israelis were killed on October 7th. There can only be that quantity of imagery from those 1,000 people. And Haaretz and other Israeli papers have drilled down on that information, have done the hard work of reporting the, the exact scale and scope of that tragedy, and have found that despite there being claims repeated by the President of the United States and the, the Prime Minister of Israel that 40 babies were beheaded, that tragically, indeed, but, but one baby was killed. That's not one what that article said. You're wrong about that. That I, was corrected I'm, I'm in USA wrong. Today. They said the Twitter wrong. accounts citing that article, Haaretz said, they tweeted, people making this claim based on this article are, are inaccurate. Jackson Hinkle, that's what he got in trouble for. I don't I don't know anything about Jackson Hinkle or any of that. All I know- USA Today debunked the idea and Haaretz put out a tweet saying people are mischaracterizing this article. No, the article, there are a number of children who died tragically on October 7th. Yes. But in terms and some of them are missing their heads. All right. I'm, I'm happy to stay here and, and sit uh, and go through the names of every single Israeli person that was killed, who was an innocent, and lament that loss of life. I'm happy to sit here and spend an well, hour of our airtime to do that because I have no hesitation in mourning that. But what I'm not hearing is an equal willingness to talk, to sit in the immorality for a second of keeping two million people, one million children, in an open air prison for multiple generations. They are minimizing the events of the day. To better understand why these condemnations are wrongheaded, consider the question that no one on the left seems to have asked. What was Hamas's objective for October 7th? They invested the effort, training, money, and lives for what specific goal? I've asked this repeatedly, just to watch people dance around the obvious answer. The goal was not to free Palestine, unless you wish to cynically accept death as freedom. Instead of targeting the military or militant Israeli communities, they targeted kibbutzes and a rave for peace. They attacked the people in Israel most open to the idea of a lasting peace between Israel and Palestine. In these demands for peace, the left seems to miss the degree to which peace itself was a target on October 7th. The brutality is important and the details irrelevant. If each murder had happened quickly and with no torture, it would not change the monstrosity of the day. Instead of looking at this as a war that Israel started, the truth is that a weaker opponent started a war by attacking Israeli civilians in horrific ways. They did it to provoke a predictable retaliation, knowing that it would result in their own civilian casualties to use as negative PR against Israel. Connecting the events of October 7th to the meme of 75 years of occupation is to suggest that Hamas had a justification for slaughtering Israeli civilians to provoke retaliation on Gazan civilians. Israel's 
أمنية وعسكرية وسياسية للأمة العربية والإسلامية يجب أن تنتهي لذلك لا, لا نخجل من نقول ذلك بكل قوة نصير لازم نقدمها وحنقدمها مرة ثانية وثالثة ومش هذا حتكون طوفان الأقصى أول مرة لا حتكون ثانية وثالثة ورابعة لأنه إحنا لدينا إصرار ولدينا قرار ولدينا إمكانيات أن نقاتل ونحارب لكن كما قلت لك بدنا ندفع ثمن نعم إحنا مستعدين معلش بقول لك بشكل واضح إحنا اسمنا شعب الشهداء ونفخر أن نقدم شهداء the occupied status of Palestine has been recognized by almost every country except for America and its Western European allies. That the people of Gaza have been living under an occupation for 75 years since the Nakba in 1948, and that um, the people in the West Bank have also been living under apartheid conditions. Hundreds of, I'm sorry, after you have an occupied people in that condition, in those conditions for years, to say they shouldn't that, that there's not an, an, a desire to celebrate a resistance. The, the words that were used in that clip was celebrating I mean, a I resistance don't know what's being which celebrated. is legal well, under international law. And now their civilians are dying, their buildings are being destroyed in retaliatory strikes. What is there to celebrate? What is there to cheer? What is there to be happy about here? I don't understand it. I don't. I think this is a very sad weekend. I think that... To me, is evidence of how bad conditions are that people are willing to make those kinds of take those kinds of risks. If you, I mean, I'm sorry. It's like it's like telling. I don't mean to be. I don't. I don't mean to be this person, but it's like telling someone who's about to try to escape escape their slave plantation. Well, if you get caught, they're going to beat you and your family and maybe kill you too. These attacks don't come out of nowhere. There's been a. Um, rapidly escalating levels of violence perpetrated both by the Israeli government and also by uh, Jewish settlers. وجود إسرائيل هو البخلق كل هذه الآلام والعذابات والدموع والدماء هي إسرائيل مش إحنا إحنا ضحية الاحتلال نقطة خاصة لذلك ما حد يلوم نحن شلب نعمله في سبعة أكتوبر في عشرة أكتوبر في مليون أكتوبر إحنا اللي بنعمل مبرر it is just but an overwhelming majority overwhelming majority of democratic voters support a ceasefire. Instead of demanding a ceasefire, they should be screaming for Hamas to surrender and release the hostages like some Palestinians in Gaza are, especially since Hamas keeps rejecting ceasefires. Another demand that they make that Hamas doesn't seem to want is for two states. I think in the U.S. we continue to hold on to this fiction of like, oh, we're going to get to a two-state solution. One could suggest that the Palestinians don't want two states, considering that their leadership has rejected the option each time it has been offered.
من الشمال إلى الجنوب لماذا الفلسطيني عليه أن يقبل خمس فلسطين ويصبح هذا هو الحل النهائي خمس فلسطين أقصد فيها حدود 67 هي حدود 67 21% عمليا خمس فلسطين فلذلك لا فالآن قاعد تقول لي أبو الوليد أن بعد 7 أكتوبر إحنا حتى نس... حدود 67 مش قابلين فيها إحنا نبي فلسطين من البحر للنهر الصورة أخي عمر على النحو التالي مشروعنا الفلسطيني اللي عليه شبه إجماع وطني فلسطيني حتى اللي عنده رأي مضطرا يقوله بسبب مقتضيات السياسة لكن الإجماع الفلسطيني أو شبه الإجماع الفلسطيني حقنا في فلسطين لا تراجع عنه من البحر إلى النهر ومن رأس الناقورة إلى أم الرشراش أو خليج العقب هذا حقنا الفلسطيني The idea that Israel would accept a single state after Hamas has targeted the civilian population most open to the idea seems especially short-sighted. People talk in terms of morality and rights. Does Israel have the right to exist? Do the Palestinians have the right to resist? Are these bombings moral? I'm not sure how useful that is. A nation has the obligation to defend its citizens to maintain legitimacy as a state. Does Israel have the right to exist? as long as it has the ability to protect itself. The people who criticize the way that Israel defends itself don't have any ideas for how to better minimize civilian deaths. So how would you get rid of Hamas? Well, if you're Israel. Well, I'm not running for president of the United States, number one. But number two, I think we have... Or they misunderstand strategies that won't work. If you wanted to root out Hamas, you send in special ops. Okay, that is how you do it. And I'm, I'm not saying that as some lefty. Jocko Willick said that. It's a nightmare. And and that's why, like, even, again, going to the emperor position, I would not be super excited to roll in there and start hunting for Hamas with my troops. I'm going to take a lot of casualties. I'm going to take a ton of... You want to start talking about clearing, what do they say, 300 miles of tunnels is what's what's down there? 300 miles of trapped. tunnels. 300 miles of tunnels. This to me turns into siege warfare. And I start doing siege warfare with this overarching idea of benevolence to take care of the civilian populace and show them that we will help. We are here. We we don't we want it. We want to figure out uh, a peaceful solution to this. We're going to help you out and we're going to starve and, and crush Hamas. And oh, you don't want to get starved and crushed. Cool. Come to this location at this time. You know, we can we'll give you food and water. We'll help you to the best of our ability. We'll give you medical support. Oh, we go. We're going to go in. We're going to secure because I'm not going to secure all of Gaza, but we can secure this area. Now we can have checkpoints going into another where we can start normalizing life there. Start showing people uh, the better opportunity that lot that is out there besides the nihilistic Hamas way forward. That's what I would do. If you were to suggest that Israel was playing into the hands of Hamas by conducting the war as they have, I would agree. It shows in the public polling on Israel. However, anyone suggesting an easy solution is wrong. There are no solutions, only trade-offs, as Thomas Sowell has written. For Israel, every option had unintended negative consequences. After October 7th, 
they clearly chose the option they thought would minimize Israeli deaths in the future. Only time will tell. Palestinians have the right to resist. They have the right to demand land they believe to be theirs. I'm not sure if this cycle ends until they collectively decide that the future is more important than the past. The settlements in the West Bank are a problem. They only continue to grow because the accords that stopped their expansion and created a state for Palestinians were rejected by Arafat in 2000, or 2001, and Abbas in 2008. The failure of those accords helped to elevate the party of Netanyahu, which supports the expansion of the settlements. When people talk about Gaza as an open-air prison, it is hyperbole. Open-air prisons don't have beachfront property. They mean that there was a blockade which limited the flow of goods. The events of October 7th showed that the blockade was justified and essentially inadequate. If international aid over the years had been invested in Gaza, instead of making the leaders of Hamas billionaires, it might be a true jewel on the Mediterranean. Instead, the Palestinians are suffering the negative consequences of corrupt leadership. I think it's important to note that in the middle of a war where both sides are trying to influence perceptions of those outside the war, there's a great deal of propaganda. Obviously. My understanding is based on what I perceive to be true, pulling facts from biased reporting. I accept that facts may come to light in the future which show my current understanding to be wrong. If that happens, I will correct the record, not because I think anyone else cares, but because I care. I wonder if those making such strong proclamations now about who is killing civilians, if it comes to light that they're wrong, if they will also correct the record. We know that Hamas has tunnels under residential buildings. They fire rockets and mortars from near civilian infrastructure because they can't stand against Israel militarily. They have continued firing rockets since October 7th. There are reports that Israel fires low-yield knocker bombs to alert buildings that will be fired upon. Does it happen every single time? I don't know. Can I say for a fact that all of the civilian deaths are due to Hamas threatening families not to leave, as has been reported? No. But I can see whose interests those deaths serve. I've seen reports of Israel setting up corridors for Gazan civilians to go from the north to the south safely. I have also seen reports of civilians being fired upon by snipers while traveling south. Some have said it's Hamas snipers, others Israeli snipers. I can't say factually which, but I can consider whose interest those deaths serve. Because they are promoting luxury beliefs, people on the left don't need to consider the consequences of their advocacy. The left seems to think that Israel should care as much about the lives of Gazans as they do Israelis and more than their leaders in Hamas do. 
It seems likely that if they got their way and the U.S. cut its military aid rather than decrease the number of civilian deaths, it would increase the number dramatically. Much of the aid goes to their missile defense systems. If the rate of failure increases, and with the the number of Israeli civilian deaths, it will erode the amount of time they have to warn civilians in Gaza. I'm not advocating for military aid. Ultimately, it's in Israel's long-term interest to not need that aid. 